You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Shut down full cast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. I am Spencer Hall, and I am here to tell you um, in front of witnesses Jason Kirk and Holly Anderson that Auburn Jesus, Auburn Jesus is born. He is real, and all one needs to do is that after Jesus was born, in the town of Birmingham, then transferred to Boise. In the days of Herod the King. Herod the King here will be played by who, Jason? Bobby Louder? Is that Bobby Louder? Mm, yeah, uh, Bobby Louder or, well, Nick Saban. Nick Saban's Herod. Nick. <laughs> Herod in the story. <laughs> Herod was probably like 5'6", so yeah, this checks out. Saying, where is he who is born king of the Auburn Tiger Plainsman? For we have seen his star in the southeast the, and have come to worship him. His star in the SEC West guy. In the SEC West guy, that's right. And when Bobby Ladder heard this, he was troubled. And all of Opelika with him. And then he gathered them all and said, I'm going to send three wise men. Those three wise men, Jimmy Rain, a.k.a. the yellow fella, Taylor Hicks, 
American Idol great and the greatest Auburn graduate. Certainly the most, certainly the wealthiest. I can't think of any Auburn graduate wealthier than Taylor Hicks, or more representative of them in general. And on the cutting edge of technology. Yeah, or more. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's really more in people's pocket every single day? Who's more a part of their lives than Taylor Hicks? And Cecil Newton. Cecil Newton, the third wise man. For they heard the king's orders and they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the SEC West, they came and they brought gifts. Those gifts were mostly cash. Almost entirely cash. And the baby, lo, did they name him Brian Harson. Auburn, Auburn has hired a football coach after eight days in which... Oh, they're not going to like that at all. Eight days? Yeah. Eight days and eight nights. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Huh. Biblically speaking, eight days is the symbol of a world that has begun anew. So... This can work. Uh, okay. Six, six okay. is six is the measure of the job. Seven is the day in which you admire the job, reflect on the job, and then eight is when the new job begins. Tuesday's child is full of steak. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do like, by the way, that that even God like watched a Homer, like the God on the seventh day was like bat flip, poom. Oh yeah, every Go like. Like what? What? What did he do at the end of each creation? He made light, and he was like, "Man, I put my foot in that one. That's 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 some good <laughs> light right there." This is actually why God created man because he was tired of being like, "Good job, me." Yeah, I what I keep putting up my hand for a high five, and I have no hand to touch it. God, the highest five of them all. Am I right? Only two chains can. <laughs> Only two chains, only two as he has, as is canon. Only two chains can dap God. Remember, things two chains has done. He has shouted out a stove. That's something he has actually done. He shouted out a stove. Nobody else has ever done that. He has worn pajamas to Ruth Chris, and he has gotten so high that he and God have dapped. I got distracted for a second, and I was like, "God wore pajamas to Ruth Chris." Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't you? Wouldn't you if you were God? That's an excellent point. I would have. I would on the seventh day, because on those six days I'm just like working. <laughs> I'm just doing. I'm doing amazing stuff. Oh, I feel like we're probably missing a speech from Conway somewhere, Kanye somewhere that we probably should have already heard on the biblical origins of athleisure. <laughs> That's <laughs> when you want to do stuff, but also be comfortable with who you are. Yeah, I, I like this. I didn't, I wouldn't go that far. But. Over the last eight days, that extremely biblical measure, appropriately so, there have been many false proclaimers. There have been many people in the Auburn job search who have been mentioned, but were not, in fact, the true form of Auburn Jesus on this planet, which has now been revealed to be former, now former Boise State coach Brian Harson. Uh, Jason? One of mm -hmm. those people, one of those people was initially Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, who mm -hmm. uh, who has uh, <laughs> remains close to the situation there in uh, in 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 Bethlehem, Birmingham. Sure. In case you wonder how that's going to go, uh, Auburn Jesus, like uh, the form of the Trinity, might have several forms. 
It might be I, Brian Harson. It might well, be Brian Harson <laughs> and Kevin Steele. Let's remember this. Jesus saw Judas coming from a long way off, right? Jesus yeah. took Jesus looked Judas in the eye and said, "Man, get this shit over with." That is what happens when you walk in. And Kevin Steele is still on your coaching staff, right? Was Jesus the original Urukai? Ooh. Now the that makes the Lord of the Rings a much more interesting story. <laughs> also, Jesus had great traps. Amazing traps. All the way up to the neck, man. Like the just trap king. Trap <gasps> Wow. Urukai trap game. Flawless. But yeah, the, the Kevin Steele, well, a leading candidate. He's now currently likely the defensive coordinator along with the rest of that staff, uh, including Rodney Garner. Is that something that might be interesting to watch? No, I'm sure. That'll be, they'll be totally fine. There'll be no friction whatsoever. None. Additionally, who else was associated with this job? Billy Napier of Louisiana Lafayette, who allegedly turned the job down. Maybe because he knew he would get there. Kevin Steele would be sitting there, a guy who was considered for the head coaching job. Who else was considered for this job? Bill Clark. Bill Clark of UAB. The man... Bill Clark was considered. Bill Clark didn't do a whole lot of considering back. Yeah. I think Bill Probably Clark's a little because too he's... competent for this job. This is... <laughs> I, I need to drop the veil for just a second. That's another biblical reference because this is the absolute funniest part of all of this to me, that Auburn went through all of this bullshit without ever apparently considering the fact that Bill Clark turning them down was going to get out. Like, that's not like he's going to talk. Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian also. Sark? Mm, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I can't say the actual thing, but I really want people to know about this. The Sarkeesian. Sark of the Covenant, if we're trying to stick to the theme. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. But they didn't. They did not get a covenant with Sark. No, uh, I'm just gonna say it here because I think everyone will think it's funny, and then we can cut it out later. Sark. <laughs> anyway, we could just bleep that. We could bleep that out. I just needed everyone to enjoy that for a minute, because I sure did. Uh, other candidates mentioned for this. Brent Venables, speaking of guys who probably went back and said, hey. Sure. <laughs> Brent Venables mentioned because it's a open college football coaching job. Mm-hmm. Also, you know what Brent Venables would have done? He'd walked in and go, you know what? I'm the defensive coordinator. And they'd have said, that's cool. Can you use another defensive coordinator? <laughs> we have one in the form of Kevin Steele. Did, did Brent Venables not replace Kevin Steele at a... <laughs> At Clemson. Um, yeah, wait a second. How'd that go? <clears throat> Seeing yeah. as that was the uh, entire reason Clemson is now Clemson. Th think about how if he just walked in that door, Kevin Steele's still sitting there, and he's like, I can't walk into a new building without your ass being there. I can't. <laughs> like, it just, how does this keep happening? Uh, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott, a co-offensive coordinator and highly, highly touted and respected uh, assistant on the Clemson staff. Also, you know, allegedly considered for the job, but Tony Elliott, not being dumb, decided to just, you know, decline any potential interest in the job. And because uh, Kevin Steele is probably going to be there. It's probably not something a young coach on his first head coaching gig wants to deal with. I'm going to make a proposal. Um, Clemson and Auburn, their uh, inextricably linked history 
I can never mm-hmm. remember which one stole what from whom, but there's like varying mm-hmm. transactions there. What if we say Auburn, when they have a head coaching vacancy, they can only hire Clemson assistants and vice versa? What if we just say that forever? The two of you, oh, you are a... Oh, setting up a feedback loop. Yeah. yeah. So many battles. Also, also, that's really making our job easier because we can say, well, leading candidates include all of these people. <laughs> these, these 10 guys. Yeah, it's got to be these 10. Like, you have to alternate, too. Like, well, he's on an Auburn rotation, but he'll be over here on a Clemson rotation in a minute. Then he can go back to Auburn. You wouldn't even have to change anything. I feel I feel like in Auburn and Clemson, they're so similar that I don't even have to change directions on how to get to, like, the grocery store. You just flip everything, right? Like, well, you hang a right and a left and a, and a right. It's probably a they, left, right, and a left in Clemson. They, so they just copied and pasted the whole town and clicked, like... Uh, flip horizontal flip. and that's it they just clip flip horizontal on photoshop no, no, one'll, it. no one'll notice yeah like if you if you bought a game of sim city and the only two maps were clemson and auburn you'd feel so cheated <laughs> you would you'd just be like you guys didn't even try no we didn't we really didn't i'm gonna, I'm gonna build the auburn arcology i'm gonna get Auburn. <laughs> oh god this is getting this is getting to my favorite favorite moment in this coaching search Mm -hmm. and it happened about an hour and a half before they hired Harson, and it was this about three hours actually looking at the timestamp who was mentioned as a person of interest in the coaching search three hours before they announced the hire of brian harson hugh freeze that's (laughs) i feel like that's the moment when somebody says, all right, enough of this shit. <laughs> I have had it. I have had, I'm going to turn this car around, and you know where we're going to go? You know where we're going to go? I was going to take you to McDonald's. Now we're going I to was. Idaho. <laughs> now we're going to Idaho. But before that, I'm going to scare you with this. The, I'll send you to military school if you don't straighten up. The like, oh, you don't want to see me go back to the old me kind of thing. Right? Like, how desperate has it gotten? Oh, Dad said, don't make me call Hugh Freeze. And somebody leaked that. That is now the key to resolving a coaching search in under three hours and getting everyone on the same page is having somebody leak, hey, man, we expressed interest in Hugh Freeze. Like, okay, God, let's find a solid candidate. The, the words Hugh Freeze and leak being so close to each other, it's, it's mm. getting a little uncomfortable. Unfortunate. That was the thing. That was the thing that scared everyone straight. Like, Auburn's boosters might have been wrangling and tussling and hollering and all on different pages and and all fighting. And somebody said, you know what? Watch this shit. They called a reporter and they're like, we're looking at Hugh Freeze. All of a sudden, everybody's like, time to sober up. Time to sober up. Time to to just get this thing done and and hire somebody who can do the job. Somebody who... All of their clothes really kind of already match Auburn's colors anyway. Do you? So you remember um, seven, eight, nine years ago when Arkansas State had that streak of three coaches in three years? Mm-hmm. One was Gus Malzahn, recently fired yep. by Auburn. One was Brian yep. Harson, recently hired by Auburn. The other was Hugh Freeze, yep. who, <laughs> who was apparently almost hired by Auburn. I actually forgot that Hugh Freeze was in that lineage. This was also four straight GoDaddy bowls amongst this as well. <laughs> they they went so daddy. <laughs> no one has went more daddy. They had four different daddies for this run. 
<laughs> they mm. did. I think Auburn should just start making contributions to Arkansas State to stash a coach there just <laughs> for this event, right? Just for, hey, we lost a coach. H- had to fire one. Well, just go pick up the one in Jonesboro. Trooper That's Ta- fine. Trooper Taylor's at Duke. I thought he was there. He's still, what? He's now at Duke. Yeah, he's at Duke. Oh, that's places. fantastic. But he but was at Arkansas Taylor. State. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that he would get some looks for the Auburn job, but apparently that didn't happen, and I'm personally sad about that. He's just twirling a sad towel in his backyard by himself. Just Ooh. crying into $200,000 in a duffel bag. <laughs> Sorry, $20,000 in a duffel bag. I draw my tears with this, and it makes me feel yes, better. Yeah. <laughs> it's Duke, so it's so Coach weird. K's like <laughs> Coach K's uh, pocket change in a... Mm. <laughs> just shook his couch out into they had the GAs clean out the console in his car they said they could recruit with whatever money was left where'd you find that oh man I just leave stuff all over the place don't I I got a pen can I keep the pen and he just takes the pen back without a word <laughs> it's for closers can't have it I don't understand that reference the the other thing in this that is is amazing to me before we ever discuss Brian Harson is this Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator there he is really well liked by the old guard of good old boys at Auburn because he is old he's old <laughs> and yeah he's he's definitely I was a, just thinking about everything they have in common that's all he's definitely like a good old boy he's definitely he definitely is from Dillon South Carolina he sounds the part he he's a defensive coach, you know, so he he does the like. How'd they do this year? Um, they were okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. They weren't Todd Grantham good. Ah, <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> future Michigan defensive I think coordinator I just Todd Grantham. Snorted my own brain down into my nose. Is that even possible? Not for Todd Grantham. Okay. Have to be something to snort. Uh, the like everybody really likes him, and they like the way that side of the ball worked. And the problem that wasn't really the problem for Auburn was the offense. And so the idea in theory was to see if we could get Kevin, who everyone likes and just keep that working, not mess with the recruiting and find an offensive fix. That was, that's not the only part of it. No, it's not the only part. Kevin just as, as also has this coming, which is Kevin is working on a pension. Kevin needs like Kevin's on the Bill Clark plan. Yes, Kevin is trying to get that Alabama state pension before retirement. Which respect? Yes, respect to this. We are not dissing this at all. Right, and my favorite, my favorite thing about this. <laughs> I'm not even jealous of people who might get to retire someday. No, like that's like I'm aware that I don't deserve it because. Kevin, well, because if, because if Alabama, if football coaches in Alabama are retiring, that's more jobs that are available for us at the age of ninety-five. Oh. We can yeah, go, see, we we can go coach UAB when we're when we're one hundred and four. Folks, we're gonna get the band back together and we're gonna go revamp Miami again. Go, gonna do it. The U is back. They, they will have gotten respectable again by then, and they'll need us. Uh, Kevin Steele back in two thousand sixteen. All right, and this is I respect the man's commitment to the bit. All right, because back in 2016, in the Montgomery Advertiser, reported that yeah, 
He had four years of tenure as a state employee after working in two different stints, and he just needed six more years back in 2016. Okay? Oh. We've got to get to 2022 to get Kevin Steele that state pension, oh. right? I respect so much that a lot of this, like, there was a massive holdup in this and that there was a huge speed bump because Kevin Steele's pension quest was the video game that he would not turn off. That's why Bill Clark's still at UAB. It's the same thing. That's why, that's one of the primary reasons he stayed at UAB through the rebuild because at the time i believe he was only like three years or something removed from his own state pension deal yeah that's what kept him there for so long pension that's why, quest. That's I mean, why nick saban didn't take the nebraska job yeah 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 that's the only reason yeah that's it otherwise same job same job <laughs> like uh -huh. even same colors think about it speaking of nebraska as a tennessee fan i'm i'm feeling uh i'm feeling a little mad about this i know that's a new experience for all tennessee fans but auburn dicked around for much less time than we did and they got a better coach out of this that's the thing they did everything wrong and they ended up with a good coach i know like auburn accidentally fucked around and made a good hire and i'm kind of mad about well, it well here's what they yeah. did they they went back to the wellspring they went back to arkansas state so tennessee the next time you're oh. in the market, all you have to do is go to Arkansas State. They got this hey, new guy. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> they, they got this new guy. Wait who, a goddamn second, Jason. He's been coached <laughs> up by Nick Saban. He's learned how to coach really, really well. Um, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe give him a look in two years when Pruitt's gone. I gave him two years. That's a lot. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, we're already like six months overdue from my prediction. No, three months overdue from my prediction of Fulmer pulling a Barry Alvarez. He's making me look stupid because I need help in that department. Maybe he's maybe he's like just waiting to do the most Barry Alvarez Barry Alvarez ever. Like the biggest, the most dramatic. Fire him in February and be like, oh, we can't find a coach. It's late. Fuck. And then he ends up coaching in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Would the most dramatic Barry Alvarez, Barry Alvarez be walking into Firing Wisconsin? Firing in the middle of a bowl game? That, or walking into <laughs> Wisconsin's bowl game and taking over for <gasps> Paul Christ while wearing a Tennessee hat. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That did it. Uh, this is, and we say, like, they accidentally ended up with a good coach. Uh, they did. I'm not making fun of the end result of this at all. I went back and looked. This is the most experienced and successful coach that Auburn has hired. I only I stopped at 1950. Mm. <laughs> he has he has more experience and but more success leading up to this job than Pat Dye had, than Shug Jordan had. He literally more than has Doug more Barfield had more than That's John Heisman Jordan. had before taking Shirk. the Auburn job. Yeah, John Heisman coached at Auburn. Yeah, After Oberlin and Buckdell. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, my name is Stephen Godfrey. God, how do you coach Oberlin kids to play football? Like, what's my motivation? Oh, apparently Buckdell we... is now Akron. John Heisman coached at Akron. Why would you change your name from Buckdell to Akron? That's such a downgrade. The Buckdell Zips. The, the bu <laughs> The Bucktles of the Bucktel fighting kangaroos. <laughs> oh, it's even better. Lord and Lolly. Uh, they uh, it looks like it, there might have been a year a crossover where they were the Bucktel Zippers. Thank you. Th wow. Thank you, 
Thank you for the beauty of this moment. So, like, he's more the Akron Zips. Their name used to be way weirder. Imagine mm. that. That's um, that's absolutely bizarre. Also, the name recognition of Buckdoll presumably not being as well known as Akron. I'm like, that's really overestimating Akron's name. Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the, Akron the world brand. knows Akron's name. <laughs> Somebody at one point in history has said that. The world knows Akron's name, and everyone in the room kind of had to go. Um, but really, the, like more, he's more qualified and has more experience than Tommy Bowden had at this point. He's got more experience than Gene Chizik had, certainly. And definitely more success and, and more than Gus in terms of being a head coach. Like seven seasons at, at Boise. Uh, tons of success there. A lofty pedigree as a coordinator before that. And he's 44. That's it. Auburn. Like, he, <laughs> he's pretty accomplished for being only one year older than you. I know. It's amazing. Now, like, I'm at the age where you're like, oh, boy. I feel bad. That guy's... Then again, he, he had to live in beautiful Boise. I know. Bo Boise's beautiful. Boise's great. Boise, I, I don't actually understand why you would give up Boise to go live in Auburn. Sorry. Yeah, I just said it out loud and it feels wrong. Sorry, y'all. That does Auburn sound down, That is a downgrade. Auburn is... Uh, Auburn and Boise are a lot alike. No, they're not. You can fish in the middle of both cities. Okay. <laughs> I mean, one in the septic tank and then two in the middle of a beautiful river that runs in the middle of town a babbling alpine brook beautiful and then there's auburn where you can wash out some of the bars with a hose literally because they have a drain in the back the supper club that's just... bars everywhere no i mean like it's a huge terrifying grate that i'm pretty sure several auburn students have probably fallen into when they wash out the supper club they got auburn sewer people Alligators in the sewers. That's their fourth mascot. That's it. Or the sewer people of Opelika who live down there. Who just have given up on the light. <laughs> and those are the real bag men. The under the plains men. The under the plains. There it is. There we go. Um, the only thing I don't know about Harson is this. Um, is he right with the Lord? How right is he with the Lord? That's important. I need you to be I need you to be cheap by jowl with the maker himself before I'm feel totally comfortable turning the Auburn family over to your your caretaking. Yeah, does the Auburn AD That's all. make you give your testimony? Does the does the Auburn AD like want to get down on one knee and pray with you? Is yeah, this... because that's a public now. It's a public university. I imagine there's some kind of dodge where they're like, "We got to go do this on private property." Here, let's go to the Waffle House. So Wait, let's, let's go, go to, to this uh, patch of my office that is is being leased by a, a local businessman. There we can yeah, do. Yeah, here we. That's it. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the Waffle House inside the AD's office. Yeah, which is yeah. a special deeded like republic, right? Here, this is this is actually the Republic of Yellow. This is the Yellowwood Republic. And it's it's you can see it's demarcated by this border of arsenic treated pressurized wood. And inside is a tiny waffle house. And in there you give your testimony to Auburn Jesus. And we ask you if you accept your Lord and Savior Bo Jackson, and you do. And do you do you do you go ahead and, and give yourself to all the saints? Cadillac, Ronnie Brown, Takeo Spikes, all of them. 
and, and, and you say, yes, yes, I do. He had to do that. At least I hope he did, because I need Auburn. Uh, uh, it's very important, of course, that, that all of us find some sort of spiritual solace and home and center in this universe. But if you're the Auburn football coach, you're going to have to be close to Jesus. I need that. I don't like I'm not even like a Christian and I need the Auburn football coach to be that just so things are right in this world. Yeah. I like your version of Auburn and I also like your version of religion. Yeah. Like, no, everybody of, uh, <laughs> how saints work in this religion is is it's fascinating, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> for for ye, ye with the thick necks, we give you Takeo. <laughs> the okay, thickest, paint- mightiest <laughs> neck neck of all. Yeah. Patron patron saint of shrugs. Patron saint of, of neck like a water main, Takeo Spikes. One of the most terrifying moments I ever had on Twitter, by the way, was Takeo Spikes favoriting a tweet about uh, his how thick his neck was. I was like, man, Takeo Spikes got like a massively thick neck. And it was like, this has been seen by Takeo Spikes. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Were you respectful? I was immensely respectful. Then we don't have a problem, do we? Apparently we don't. Remember Takeo Spikes in a trial of a man who took money from a lot of of uh, football players, including Takeo Spikes, uh, got up on the stand and basically said he'd like to beat his ass in a court of law. That's when you ask to be sent to jail. That's <laughs> for your own protection. I'd like to plead extremely guilty, Your Honor. Your Honor, I did that shit. Are there any crimes that I can pick up to extend my stay that nobody has claimed? I would like to take several of those. Uh, but yeah, congrats, Auburn. You actually accidentally made a decent hire. Of course, we said that about Justin Fuente. Good luck, Bri. Whew. Speaking of places Gus Malzahn might end up. They could do a lot worse. Uh, I, It would fit. <laughs> they but- could do a lot worse. Uh, I, I remain pro-Gus Malzahn in most things. That man likes hills and trees. That's all you need, and talking, right? And, and talking real fast. As far as I know, his only hobby is driving his boat. You know who else liked to drive a boat? Bud Foster. There we go. Mm. Sold. Apparently, he's a VT man through and through. Wait, is that is that job not opening? I know this isn't split zone. Uh, is that job not opening this year? I thought for sure it would. I do not know. Hmm. That is the official. Hmm. I do not know. Hmm. But well, they beat Virginia. I and it, it takes a if you beat Virginia, you gotta you gotta hang on to that guy because the only reason I thought of that is because we're going. Oh, hey, good job, Auburn! And I feel like the Virginia Tech situation has cured me forever of going. Hey, good hire. Yeah, because I thought that was gonna work. Because that still should no. It's not just that we thought it should have worked. It should have worked, and we don't know why. Yeah, I think I'm on like year one or two or something like that of just it, the coaching hire okay acknowledged what's my opinion of was it was there uh, yep I, I recognize that it happened you know like is it gonna work it, 50 50 who could say that is jason was it fuente who did that for you or was it another situation it was mac brown because i was oh, convinced God, that's a great point yeah because i yeah. was convinced this Jesus. is just over it mac brown coming back for you know a uh, lifetime achievement like mm-hmm. you know he was going to be the lame duck texas mac brown but no <laughs> he got him a quarterback and once you get a quarterback you look like a really good coach so 
What yeah, you never know who I, might get a quarterback. I don't actually care enough to pull up uh, North Carolina's schedule this year, but there was a game this year that Godfrey and I both just went, oh, man, Miami's just going to come in there and wreck UNC. I cannot – it's stuck in my head because I cannot remember being so wrong about an individual game. Yeah. Anytime recently. Uh, consider this. No, like, they lost to Notre Dame, and at the time I thought, ah, UNC hasn't got it. Okay, Notre Dame is a playoff team. Forgiven value playoff team, whatever. That's 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 a team with one loss. That is technically true. Who beat Clemson in the regular season. Not going to provide any further context on that because it undermines my case. And then... We don't have to say that part out loud. And then I will always say that part out loud. Okay. UNC then went and just beat Miami's ass 62-26. They palindromed them. Yeah, Godfrey brought that up like three split zones in a row because I think it shook him to his very core. <laughs> we, we might have to have a long off-season talk about how we are all processing this this the, Mac Brown glow up. Mac Brown is a game where they had old. they had like two guys who ran for nine hundred yards each in that game, roughly. Yes. Yeah, roughly. Like I think they both reached a thousand yards in the season on that game alone. And respectfully, what the fuck? Yeah, that what? man's that man's sixty nine years old and he's still mad. Not to quote oh, right. God's spell in the in the middle of this episode about Jesus, but by whose authority does Mac Brown <laughs> do these things? <laughs> this was so that was uh, I don't even think we talked about that game on here. Maybe we did. Who knows? I never remember anything we've talked about or not. But Manny Diaz, head coach in Miami, oh. surrendered the uh, most rushing yards in Miami history in that game. Right. The last time Andy Diaz and school record rushing yards surrendered, <laughs> that was uh, that was under Mac Brown's tutelage at Texas to Taysom Hill. So Mac mm -hmm. versus Manny, when you put huh. those two together, you're going to get some big, big gallops down the field. 2,000-yard rushers, a really good offense. That man turns 70 next year, and he's still angry. He's still angry enough to coach football. He got some good plastic surgery, too. Did he? Yeah. I mean, it's not great, mm -hmm. but for a coach, it's real good. That's, you know what? Whatever helps. He's just all about competitive edges, man. Mm -hmm. Do you think and Texas it, didn't fire Tom Herman because they're like, I don't know if Mac Brown would say yes. We, <laughs> <laughs> Texas is just like working up the nerve to go uh, ask Mac Brown to go out again. I'm sorry, baby. I almost sang that same Taylor Swift song for the second show in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't you just please come home? <laughs> I don't know. Is is Mac ready to make a is is Rack is Mac ready to make a downward move from the ACC to the Big Twelve? Wow. I mean, the ACC does have a does have a playoff team this year, don't Two. they? Two. That, yeah. that that is my point. Yes. Yeah, you're correct. That is the prestige conference at the moment. What about the bottom of the conference? Never mind. It's the ocean. It's the Atlantic. We don't know what's at the bottom. That's <laughs> you only need to see the top. All manner of enemies. We no. We went over this last week. The top of the sea. That's the good part. The bottom of the sea. That means you fucked up. Yeah. What's at the top? Great whites. Just the nature's most terrifying predators. They, Is that they where they put those? Some, they they swim to some depth. They just precious. Just, just the metaphor. No, just roll with it. Not, okay. What's at the top? Seagulls. Yes. yes. Floating seagulls, the noted, most dangerous predators. <laughs> yes. The, noted the, for spending a lot of time in the shallow waters on top of it, the great white shark. And the seagulls Wait. who sit on the water. Yeah. Wait, it's got to be coming up on the anniversary of this question. 
Um, since we never figured out what reindeer are in Spencer's brain. Spencer, what do you think a shark is? It's, um, it's, it's like a, it's like a dolphin is like a shark with a graduate degree. Okay. So a shark is a <laughs> mammal. Is that your contention? No, not necessarily, but it could what be. What do you mean? Not necessarily. It, it could, could be. be. If it applied, it, if it applied itself, it could be a dolphin. That's transubstantiation. Yeah. Cause I, you know what, sharks, that whole like moving all the time thing, like, that's hustling backwards. You need to find a way to not do that. No, man, they're hustling to stay still. Hmm. Look, I'm sorry, you're too weak for the rise and grind culture. They don't even have to rise because they never stop grinding. <laughs> Float and grind. Float and grind. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's what I think sharks are. That's a are. really good way of you to get out of answering that you don't know if sharks are mammals. Um. I think they could be. I just don't think they apply themselves properly. You know? And and who's and and frankly, to my point, what animal preys on sharks that is not man? That's right, dolphins. Not seagulls? Seagulls have guns. They really don't need to prey, and if you don't give seagulls any trouble, they won't give you any trouble. But you know, they do have that thing on them. And they're not afraid to use it. So they're Philadelphians. <laughs> Go birds. Uh, yes. It's a, yeah. The cheer is actually gull birds. Gull birds. It has been bastardized over the years. Uh, into a mere eagle. Uh, eagle. Oh wow! What? Uh, the Philadelphia Seagulls. <laughs> I did it. We got there. Good night, everybody. I do. That, oh no, we got more show. We All do. Right. We do have more show. We do have more show. Um, <sighs> I do want to plant the seed that that I think we do need to talk about how I think Michigan. The problem with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan is that he doesn't have enough passion. It's clearly the problem that they don't have enough energy and they don't have enough passion. But that's planting a seed for one I want to talk about next. A seed that could grow into something more. Something larger, Jason? Acorns.com, where you can download the country's leading and saving and investing app with offer code FULLCAST to claim your $5 bonus when you sign up. Takes just a couple minutes to start saving and investing money. Longtime listeners know that I began my humble Acorns account with that mere $5. It is now $81.73. And I haven't done shit. I just look at it during the podcast each week. All that happens is when we spend money, nickels and dimes go into this thing, and then it goes out into the investment market machine where I'm making investments all day long, and the number just keeps going up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire before age 104. I'm going to take the UAB job just for fun. I won't even need it because I'll have acorns. Acorns.com slash fullcast. Spencer, have you made acorns yet? Um, I need to do that. I just, I want to, it's not that I want to see what happens or that I want to track your progress against Jason's. It's just that from an anthropological standpoint, I am curious to see what this does to you. I'm sure it will make and me. And what you do to it. I'm sure it will make me wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. I'm sure it will give me the financial security that will help me sleep a little bit better at night. Which means I'll be practically comatose. All right, fair enough. Because I already sleep like a bear. Mm. 
And by that, I mean I crawl into a hole in the ground and I come out five months later and breathe once a minute. Mish Show off. I know. Uh, this is the longest I've ever gone probably since his hiring without thinking about Jim Harbaugh. And I guess I've got that to say for 2020. Well, they fired Don Brown, and that means they need a defensive coordinator. Don Brown, who maybe the last defensive coordinator I know with the mustache. Like, I think the mustached, de mustachioed defensive coordinator. Chavis, is Chavis still kicking around, sir? I do not believe John Chavis is, is currently coaching. Okay. At least okay. At least anywhere that we, we have checking. to be concerned about. Just checking. Yeah. Even then, he went to a goatee. He did. And that's when he lost his powers, and I think everybody needs to remember that. Mm. Yeah, he moved away from the Wario aesthetic, and his warrior spirit deserted him. You can't spell warrior without Wario. Remember it. Embrace it. Make it a part of your life. But I think, I think what Michigan clearly needs is they need more passion, and they need more enthusiasm. And I think that really only leaves one real answer, okay? Maybe with an alternate, but um, I think Michigan needs Will Muschamp to coach their defense. Because who can you think of who's a better match for the cerebral yet committed brand of Michigan football? Who you do really you need Ryan to make retching noises in the background for this joke to properly land, and he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will Muschamp in Ann Arbor, of all places. Imagine that. The poet warriors of Michigan football with a man who uses headbutts as a form of communication. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I'm now wondering if you don't dislike Will Muschamp because you're two alike. That's definitely Damn. the problem with Will Muschamp and I. I just meant the headbutts thing. The headbutts <laughs> thing? I mean, mine are mine is a complex layered form of communication with many subtleties. Will Muschamp might only communicate through headbutts. Mm. This requires further study. But I really think it's probably time to go ahead and explore that. Also, Todd Grantham's available. Is he? In theory. Can can you... Like emotionally? No, he's, he's cold and distant. No, you wouldn't expect that. that's true. We definitely always know what that dude is thinking. Yeah, he's 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 far too available, right? Yeah, he's just out there, man. Mm -hmm. Can read it like, can read his face like a book, like a really short, <laughs> like a really stupid book, book. <laughs> like a really stupid <laughs> book. The Hillbilly elegy, the face. <laughs> the face. It's just the secret by Todd Grantham. Blitz. Oh my God! Do y'all think James? Do y'all think Jim Harbaugh has read the Celestine prophecy? Yes. Yes. He's totally read. If you, if... I know there's somebody listening to this show who has a way to ask him about that. Please do. Yeah. Has you don't he... even have to publish it. Just tell me. If you name it, like the motivational book, or is Jim Harbaugh one of those guys who's only read five books and they're all the best book in the world, according to him? Like he read like everything I needed to learn, everything I really needed to know I learned in kindergarten. And like, he's like, don't need to read another book for 10 years. The and then book, he read, the like, The Art of War. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that was absolutely number two. The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Sun... Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Yeah, that's... 
that that's an awkward moment for a Michigan grad, by the way, when he mispronounces Sun Tzu. And he's like, do I correct him? No! Oh, I never thought about that. that must must correct! Really that's it. When people pass out around Jim Harbots because he mispronounced uh, the name, the author of an important work of literature, but they don't want to correct him. The bind! But yeah, you can also take Todd Grantham. That would be fine. Todd Grantham, who, my favorite thing, if you want to know everything about a Todd Grantham defense, go look it up. They led the SEC in sacks this year. You know where they finished in every other defensive category? Middle of the road, baby. Middle of the road or lower. <laughs> That's it. Like, what'd you do? We got sacks! What'd it do for you? Nothing! Did nothing. Got nothing out of it. Ended up like, being uh... average. In the advanced stats associated with S ampersand P plus, my favorite Florida stat is uh, defensive passing downs success rate, as in how often on third and long. Basically, how often on third and long did you prevent them from gaining necessary yards? Florida ranks number 112. Out of how many? Oh, excuse me. This is funny. This is really funny. I tried to click on oh, Florida, God. and I clicked on Maryland. It's much better. <laughs> it's much better. It's number 73. That's still really great for Florida. 73? So in the spreadsheet, Maryland is directly below Florida. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, in my head, I was like, shit, this is way worse than I remember it being. <laughs> anyway. That's the equivalent of on third down, just like take it. Like if you're just lined up on third down, you're like, don't snap the ball. Just take it. Here. 10 we yards. Have fun here. Just go ahead and take it. No, 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 no. What I'd rather do is I'd rather blitz somebody from 40 yards away and see if they get there. Ow, my petard. Home field apparel. Home field apparel. Home field apparel is very good clothes. I'm wearing a uh, Western Kentucky hoodie right now. Uh, I'm wearing it over another hoodie. Just trying to be as Midwestern as possible. Um, yeah, home field apparel. Hey, man, we, we tried to tell y'all. Get your, get your Christmas time home field apparel orders in. Early, get them in as early as possible. Homefield's working as hard as they can to get those orders out the door. Might not be there by Christmas, but they're going to do their best. All right. A lot of us might not be there by Christmas. Yeah, nothing's going to be there by Christmas. So it'll get there. It'll get there when it gets there. Me and Spencer are in the warehouse working as hard as we can. <laughs> we are. That's what we do now. We work for Homefield. Connor's honestly the best boss we've ever had. <laughs> That's a little uh, bar to clear. True. <laughs> The uh, the offer code is still full cast if by chance you have not yet made your purchase. And now's as good a time as any to get in. Even though it's not going to no, arrive by Christmas, that's fine. It will arrive. You're, you're going to need clothes in the future. By the way, I was asked to endorse uh, or to recommend several, you know, of my favorites for this. And I, I've decided that uh, this week my favorite home field product is the San Diego State University Aztecs line which has some absolutely boss-ass 70s and 80s retro logos. Uh, Holly has one. It is amazing. Uh, they all look absolutely fantastic. Also, if you wear one around, you won't be confused for somebody who can't party. Because, you know, SDSU, bro. You know how to get down. Now we're done. Merry Christmas, San Diego. Merry Christmas, San Diego. I wanted to see if we could ask an important question of our producer, Michael Serber. Oh, sorry. I All was right. listening. Serber. What? Serbs. 
Um, I'm here. Serbs up. Because I was going to ask everyone what they did for Christmas, and in pre-show, we discovered something about Cerber that I think we really need to discuss. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's this. A nation awaits. For us, for many, Santa is the pleasant side of Christmas, the down side, the dark side, the punitive side of Christmas is Krampus, the mm -hmm. German anti-Santa Claus. Anti-Claus. The, yes, the anti. <laughs> we proposed the Santa Claus and the anti Claus. Antifa la la <laughs> Of Krampus. I hate myself. Um, and Krampus is like kind of a fun and distant joke for many people, unless, unless he was very real for you. Server, you grew up uh, in a house where Krampus was not a joke. No, no, no. He was a very real part of my childhood and how my parents got me to behave. Most normal parents, you know, they tell you, hey, Santa's watching. You don't want to be on the naughty list. And the reason you don't want to be on the naughty list is because you might get a lump of coal put in your stocking. I didn't yeah. want to be on the naughty list because there was this giant man uh, that was going to come put me in a burlap sack, whip <laughs> me with reeds and take me to the South Pole. I don't know South. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to take me to the South Pole, not the North Pole. There were no elves, just demons. And I <laughs> I was thinking, because we talked about this, so I've been thinking about it the whole, the whole taping. When my parents, and notably my Oma, my grandmother, introduced this tradition to me, and I can't remember, which means it was always there. So I'm thinking my first memories are like around the time I was two. So I'm assuming from at least like one and a half on, I knew that that like someone was going to kidnap me from my home if I didn't obey my parents um, at Christmas, and it was horrifying. Like my uncle would go, my uncle would go out onto the back porch <laughs> to get me to go to bed Christmas Eve night. My uncle would go out on the back porch and like drag like a chain around. Yeah. <laughs> And they'd be like, "Hey, hey, Mikey Crumpus is uh, Crumpus is coming. Like, I think he's checking the house out to see if there's any. You should go to bed, like, because that's what you need to do so Santa can come. And what they really want to do is they just wanted to like play poker um, or whatever they did Christmas night. But what they definitely did was scare the shit out of me with this Crumpus thing. And the, I don't, I mean, it was bad for me, but my my uncle had stepkids." And he got, like, he introduced these perfectly normal children to the Crumpus who had, they didn't, they never needed to know. Like, they were fine. They were seven. They liked Christmas. Um, and he was like, no, 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 we can't, we can't have you liking Christmas. You need to, you need to understand that you will be kidnapped You're too if you don't behave. Now, kids. Yeah. Um, well, did it and, work? And 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 if well, yeah, it totally worked. And and I'm not a parent yet, but when I am, I'm 100 percent going to use it. <laughs> I like that you spent the last five minutes talking about what a trauma this was, and you're like, "Yep, signing up." Um, yeah. Server, when when that happy occasion comes, and you need someone to drag a chain across the outside windows of your child's house, I, say the word, man. <laughs> this sounds fun as shit. Daddy it wants is. to get drunk and play poker with his cousins. You need to go to bed. Get out the chain. You know, uh, 
we we got to try this, right? Yeah, we got to try this. Because we we have had. We have had an elf-related mishap in this house this week. No, I couldn't. Actually, we could not try this because... Oh, come on. No, 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 no. Why not? No. What, what? Come on. Because one of your kids not. would go, like, try to, try to, like, fight it or, like, inspect it or something, right? Like, not one of your kids would be... Not the one you... No, we discovered that this week. So... So, there's the fighty one, right? Mm-hmm. And there's the other one. And the other one, the older one... Is not the issue here. No. It is the younger one. The the headbutting fight everything, bite everything one. And who has apparently been nurturing a lifelong fear of elves that we were not aware of. Okay, if you tell the younger child that something is is real. And you assume that this is a whimsical play that both of you are in on. That is not the case. This is a, well, it is if he's directing it because this is a kid who will run up to you and say, "I'm a spaceman," because you know is a small child. But then the tooth fairy came along, and he really thought I had to text the tooth fairy because I explained that the tooth fairy was someone who came to your house, took your teeth, and left money. <laughs> And he said, that's terrifying. I don't want that. To which I had to go ahead and honestly reply, no, that's that's totally valid. This guy's going to come to your house and take teeth and leave cash for you some reason. You think the reason. Tooth Fairy's a dude? Um, I don't know. It, the Tooth Fairy's preferred pronouns, I really shouldn't assume. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, I so, shouldn't assume either. That's fair. So they. I'll, I will go with the they. Um, the tooth fairy is a terrifying idea. So I had to, you know, you can send a text to any number or any <laughs> name. Like if you just put tooth fairy, you can just put, send a text. It's not going to go anywhere. So I have that's a, what you a think. picture. Mm. That's true. <laughs> that's, <laughs> tooth, and that's where the trouble began. The tooth fairy's on the other end. Like, damn it. Mark down the tooth budget one. We're not getting any of his. Um, so anyway, um, I had to text the tooth fairy and say, please don't come to our house. Anyway, so day before yesterday, uh, a another child in our quarantine bubble came to the front door of my house where we were working and the children were Zoom schooling. And she uh, her mom had dropped her off for this exact purpose. She ran up the front steps. She was dressed in a very cute little elf outfit and a Santa hat. And she left a little package on the front steps of cookies and hot chocolate for her friends, Spencer's children. And she waved and she went, shh. And we said, okay, shh. And she ran away. And the boys did not see her. And they came out as we were picking up the cookies and hot chocolate and coming inside and me being a reasonably Christmassy adult said, Oh look boys, an elf came and left you guys some surprises. Child one. Oh, that's so nice. Belligerent fighty child. Complete and utter meltdown. Elves aren't real. It wasn't an elf. No. No. no it's... Well, that gave way very rapidly to uh, 
being extremely upset that the idea that we had let an elf near the front door of the house, like we, this was a security failure on our part. Like I'm supposed to stay strapped in case an elf comes around. Yes. And deal with the problem myself. This, this also led at one point to when I said uh, an elf left them to, because I thought we were still playing, like, ha ha ha. This led to the child pointing at me tearfully and going, she's lying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How long did this take to talk down? About, 45 minutes? About 45 minutes. Well, where are we standing now? Like, are, are we okay with elves now or no? No. No. Oh, no. Nope. No. Situation has not improved. No. Yeah. Give that kid a little this crumpus is... and, uh, and <laughs> back down to about five, ten minutes. See, okay, see, this is why I said I wanted to try this because you might feel sorry for this. You might feel sorry for this situation now, but when... Uh, attempts have been made by adults in the quarantine bubble to broach the you better watch out or Santa won't bring you any presents. He looks at you flat eyed and he goes, that's a myth. Damn. Yeah. yeah. He's he's real hard until you put something with pointy ears in his line of vision. And then he just goes completely to pieces. I do not think. I really want to try the Krampus thing now. <laughs> I, I will. I will have a serious issue with anybody who tries to tell him that about Krampus or that he's real. We will fight. All right, that's fine. We will I can, fight. I can take you. Because that, that is 12 hours of upset. I'm going to deal with with 12 hours, and I'm Stop going to Stop by Spencer's bed. Twitch on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> Just <sighs> screaming. What are you playing? I'm playing Bad Parent. Watch it happen. Yeah. We're not telling the kid about Krampus because uh, he, we he, might not be. I'm a, no, I'm gonna peel him off the ceiling. Uh, that's what we'll have to do. Yeah, that's the other problem. It was extremely funny. You want to see like a seven-year-old holding a knife, going, "I'm waiting, I'm waiting, Krampus, I'm waiting for you." You see, you can see saying this why it was hard to take him seriously in the moment. Uh huh. No, it's dead serious. That was that was not happening. No. I do like the idea, by the way. That Krampus beats you with sticks. Not just, oh, I'm going to... Reeds. Gonna... Not just I'm sticks. I'm sorry. Reeds. Reeds. He had tiny little whips of nature. Mm -hmm. And then he just yes. beats your ass. Like, yeah, that's not... I love switches. I love that that's so not like, ooh, hoo, hoo, I'll abduct you to a naughty island of bad children. No. He's like, no, I'm going to come beat your ass. Krampus is just... That's all he does. Krampus is just doing his job, man. Krampus just spends all... Like, I don't hate this at all. Like, Krampus is just doing... He's doing a planet-wide beatdown the entire length of the Christmas holiday. I think that's... <laughs> That's a more impressive. I know the logistics. If there's every year that we could relate to this, yeah, yeah, like the logistics of giving a gift to all of the children in the world who deserve them. Yeah, that's that's impressive, in theory for Santa, but the sheer physical prowess and the determination and the endurance, the stamina required to just. I know Krampus could probably beat up one kid, but he literally takes on the like. How many kindergartners could you fight? Krampus, the answer is all of them. So we have a reader question. Yes. To get to. And the reader question is from one Stephanie Phillips. And Steph Phillips has this to ask of us. I think you guys should read this. <laughs> uh, always a good start. All right. Uh, I've been I've been selected for this mission because I uh, have previously spent some time uh, in in the country in question. 
I want to know if you fellas have ever heard of the Swedish Yule Goat. I'm interested. All right. This is our favorite thing to read. Steph was wise to bring this to us. It is a Wikipedia page about the Gevla Goat or the Swedish Yule Goat. The Gevla Goat is a... It's a Burning Man type situation, but it's Swedish and it's a it's a holiday thing, by which I mean it is a large object uh, that is constructed over Christmas that is frequently set on fire. The thing is, it's not supposed to be set on fire. Here's the introduction. The Gevla Goat is a traditional Christmas display erected annually at Castle Square in central Gevla, Sweden. It is a giant version of a traditional Swedish Yule goat figure made of straw. So in Sweden, Santa Claus is like has a goat, right? Yeah. Anyway, Santa Claus has a goat that carries all the packages. Uh, it is erected each year by local community groups at the beginning of Advent. It has been the subject of repeated arson attacks, and despite security measures and the nearby presence of a fire station, the goat has been burned to the ground most years since its first appearance in 1966. As of December 2019, the goat has been damaged 37 times. Burning the goat is illegal, and the Court of Appeal stated that the offense should normally carry a three-month prison sentence. <laughs> For aggravated property damage. Okay, so I'm going to skip to the... It has a, a, a list of... There's a chart at the bottom of this, like you would see for a football rivalry. There are many tables in this page. Um, and I'm going to... Two of the column headings on this table should make it obvious why this is extremely our shit. Thank you, Steph. One of these columns is security additions. And one of these columns is method of destruction. <laughs> I am going to read method of destruction aloud for the years. Oh, let's start in 1970. From 1970 onward, the method of destruction of the Swedish Gevla goat, which again is not constructed with the intent of being destroyed. Fire smashed to pieces, <laughs> collapsed, stolen, stolen. Wait, stolen! It's huge. This thing is the size of a building. That's my goat. Okay, all right. Sorry, I got to start over. I got distracted. Fire smashed to pieces, collapsed, stolen. The first fire was six hours after construction. It's <laughs> a good six hours, Gavla Goat. Smashed to pieces, collapsed, stolen, fire collapsed, hit by a car, fire, 1978, <laughs> kicked to pieces, 1979, fire slash broken. This was the first year they attempted to fireproof the goat. How'd that go? <laughs> fire slash broken. Did you see? I'm sorry. <laughs> did you see the date of destruction was prior to assembly? Yes. They, they set the pieces <laughs> of the goat on fire. We're pre-burning this. All right. We're into the 80s now. <laughs> Uh, 1980, fire. 1981, survived. 1982, uh, and going onward. Fire, legs destroyed. Fire, <laughs> fire, fire, fire. 1988, survived. This is also What does survived movie. mean? That, that, that it made it through Advent without being burned down by vandals. I would point, by the way, 1988. I'm certain that, maybe once, that once Advent ends, they then destroy it. Right? Uh, like. 1988... I guess yep. 1988 was also the first time gamblers were able to gamble on the fate of the goat with English bookmakers. I think there was some some market manipulation there ah. because okay. notice that you got like 
seven straight or six straight years of destroyed, including one year in 1983 that just says legs destroyed. Yeah. So let's look at the 1989 edition, which in the method of destruction column has fire slash fire. Uh, it was set on fire prior to assembly. Financial contributions from the public were raised to rebuild the goat, and the second goat was burned down in January. <laughs> All right, 1990 survived with the notation the goat was guarded by many volunteers. 1991, fire. Also, the goat was joined by an advertising sled that turned out to be illegally built. 1992, Fire slash fire again after eight days and again on the 20th of December. Uh, 1993 and 1994, two-year streak of survival. 1996 and 1997, survived and survived with damage by fireworks. Uh, destroyed also in 1995, this time by a Norwegian. Uh, Scandal. Bastards. <laughs> 1998 it burned down during a blizzard that's the most metal <laughs> shit i have ever heard i burned down the gevla goat during a blizzard i keep thinking we've come upon the best notes in this but we keep getting better ones because there's also a column for date of destruction and in 1999 the notation for date of destruction is within hours i just love that there's somebody sitting there waiting going gonna burn that uh, goat hang on we're, we're coming up upon the real reason for the season all right we're into the we're into the 2000s 2000 fire 2001 fire notation a visitor from cleveland ohio in the united <laughs> states was arrested for burning the goat that guy by the way he was fined a hundred thousand kroner and they took his lighter in court because and i quote you obviously can't handle this. Imagine going to a foreign country and they take your lighter because they're like, okay, man, child, you obviously can't. For an American, I can't think of anything more galling than like a Scandinavian court being like, you're clearly an infant. I am not. I'm just American. Okay, so 2002, uh, attempt was made. Uh, the goat received only minor injuries, quoting here. 2003, fire. 2004, fire. 2005, fire caused by unknown vandals reportedly dressed <laughs> as gingerbread men shooting flaming arrows. <laughs> the hunt for the arsonist. Those guys are also from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> the hunt for the arsonist responsible for the goat burning in 2005 was featured on Sweden's Most Wanted. All right, two year survival streak. Uh, in 2006 and 2007. Oh, apparently they're not destroyed because the goat from the 2006 is now stored in a secret location, per Wikipedia. 2008. Oh, oh, these notes are like a paragraph length. Okay, let's see what we got here. 2008. Fire. 10,000 people turned out for the inauguration of one of the goats. No backup goat was built to replace the main uh, goat. That's their first mistake. Nor was the goat treated with flame repellent. The spokesperson of the, this is a hyphenate, goat committee said the repellent make it look ugly in previous years like a brown terrier. <laughs> they wanted a pretty goat. Uh, uh, anyway, the in 2009, also fire, uh, a person attempt to set the goat on fire the night of 7 December. An unsuccessful attempt was made to throw the goat into the river the weekend of 11 December. Then tried again without success. It took one, two, three, 
four, five, burned to the frame, even though it had a thick layer of snow on its back. And this was also the first year in 2009 that the goat had two online webcams, which were put out of service by a DOS attack just before <laughs> the burning. <laughs> you, you know what I'm hearing in my head the whole time, by yeah. the way, as this is happening? Yeah. I'm just hearing, like, nothing but... I'm just hearing, like, M and MR right. the whole time. I know we've been reading this for a minute, but I promise you that the 2010s do not disappoint. Are you with me? Can we power through? We can do it. All right. 2010 survived. On the night of December 2nd, arsonists made an unsuccessful attempt to burn the Natural Science Club's goat. These goats are made by community groups. On the 17th of December, a Swedish news site reported that one of the guards tasked with protecting the southern merchant's goat had been offered payment to leave his post so that the goat could be stolen via helicopter. Wow. Uh, 2011, fire. 2012, fire. 2013, fire. 2014, despite three arson attempts, survived. 2015, I would like to claim 2015. Um, Okay, go ahead. Because... In 2015, yes, it was destroyed by fire again, which would be routine when considering the Gevla goat. However, a 26-year-old man fleeing the scene with a singed face smelling of gasoline and holding a lighter in his hand arresting. Under questioning, he admitted to it, adding that he was drunk at the time, and in retrospect, it was, and I quote, an extremely bad idea. So by claim 2015, you mean that that was you? That was me. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, the 2016 goat was destroyed by an arsonist equipped with petrol just hours after... Oh, I thought this was just hours after the arsonist's 50th birthday party. This is much less interesting. This guy was 21. Uh, it was, the, it, it was, was replaced by a smaller goat that was then hit <laughs> by a car! I just imagine that's a spur-of-the-moment thing, right? Like, Olaf's just driving by and he's like, doody doody do hit the goat! Here's the thing. 2017, 2018, and 2019, we are seeing what I can, as far as I can tell, is the first ever three-year streak of survival. I think we should get the American military to destroy it now. I think we need to redeploy Cleveland. (laughs) This is, oh no, it's in there. This is the first time ever that the GOAT survived more than two years in a row. So this year, then the inauguration this year is, is kind of interesting. The GOAT was inaugurated on November 29th. The inauguration was digital due to the pandemic. The public has been advised not to gather around the GOAT. Uh, the C, the only link on C also at the bottom of this extremely long and gratifying wiki page is Baby Jesus Theft. <laughs> 